0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And it is often said your reputation precedes you. A reputation is something that can open doors for us or something that can hold us back. More importantly, it can also open or close doors to the church and to God and the hearts and minds of those who are watching us. The series The Letter is based on the book of Philemon. Pastor Sean's message is called So I've Heard. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Our reputation really matters. I mean, what is our reputation? What what should we be known for? Jesus talks about a lot of things we should be known for. What is it? Are are we the people who go to church? And please understand, I'm a pro-church guy. Okay? Obviously. <laughs> You're like, as Sean said, we don't have to go to church. <laughs> I know how you are. I, get, I got you people. <laughs> but is that it? Are we the people whose garage door opens on Saturday night or Sunday morning and we kind of drive out, go to church, come back, and that's the only difference? Is that it? Are we the people who, who don't drink or maybe we don't smoke or dance, don't do fun things in general? Is that, is that who we are? Are we the people who judge sinners? Are we the first to judge, harshly. Are we the ones who will boycott the businesses we don't like? Is that, what, is that our stand? Is that who we are? Are we the people who think we're better than everyone else? Is that what being a Christian means? What should we be known for? I think the obvious answer is those aren't the things we're supposed to be known for. Those aren't the biblical things the Scripture said we're not supposed to be known for. Where did that come from? I think those are things we can control. Legalism. Legalism is death to the church every single time. It is death to the faith. Legalism, that's the thing where we're making up other laws because we can control them and we can be better at them than other people. And then we can look down from our perch of righteousness. And judge other people because they're not keeping these rules. That, by the way, God never gave anyway. We made them up. So of course we're better at a bunch of things that don't really matter. But does that mean that there's nothing? What are we supposed to be known for? What does the Scripture actually say that we should be known for? Well, I'm glad you asked. I was going to end the sermon here, but since you asked, I'll go on. <laughs> Paul, the things he says about Philemon, I think are fantastic things for us to start with. What kind of reputation we have? Number one, we should be known for faith. We should be known as people of faith. I think one of the primary things that marks us as followers of Christ is that we are faith. Because faith, remember, we, we said it when we were singing that song, I believe. Faith, our belief, shapes how we see and respond to the world. Faith isn't just some sort of philosophical idea. Well, I was raised this, so this is my faith. That's not faith. Faith is a real belief. I really believe in God. I really believe that in Jesus Christ. He saved my life. It changes how I view my business, my family, my money, my life dreams. Because I believe he's real. It shapes me. What do we really believe? And how can you tell what someone believes? By how they behave. Every time. What you believe is not best, best monitored by what you say. It is by what you do. Because you will always act according to your core your real beliefs. Always. Every time. So many of our issues are are because we have false beliefs or we have broken belief systems somewhere. You can always see what someone believes because of how they behave. In fact, faith is a belief so strong, I have to act on it. That's what faith is. So what would a life of faith look like? It would look like humility before God and our creator if I really believed that I was a sinner and I was saved by Jesus' death on the cross that I had earned a death penalty of sin and his death on the cross saved me, that would create a humility, make me a little slower to judge other people, make me a little quicker to recognize, you know what? I've been saved from a whole lot. It would cause me to have humility before God, but humility before other people, and make me a little more gracious, wouldn't it? Faith would create, a life of faith would have a high confidence in Jesus, a high confidence in Jesus. There's so many of us as Christians walk around insecure, defensive, Ever known a defensive Christian? That's insecurity. Real faith has a confidence in who Christ is, what he did, what his presence in me. Faith means a total, totally different life direction because I'm following a different leader. You know, if the only difference between me and my neighbor, who doesn't profess to be a believer, is that I go to church on weekends, if that's the only difference, then something's messed up in my faith because faith should shape my priorities, my values, how I view people. What I do in my free time, it should shape me. I should have radically different values. Faith should be marked by tangible steps of obedience. And, and, and what that means is, I've told you before, we come to those crossroads every day. We come to that crossroad, that fork of the road where my flesh wants to do one thing, my faith says, no, I've got to do another. I've got to do something different because Jesus is pulling me. The Spirit is leading me to do this, and I take jesus route steps of obedience tangible steps of obedience that's what faith should result in and and we come up with the little crossroads it can be something as simple as i'm in a conversation with a coworker, and they're being really ridiculous because they don't see my point which is ridiculous right you know what i'm saying And i'm wanting to go put them in their place and tell them about it and and all of a sudden the spirit says um, just just be gentle just be loving you know care more about them than about being right in this point let me just tell you that's not my flesh because my flesh wants to fix it and the spirit is saying no i want you to love them and that it can be as simple as something like that and you need to understand when you start taking steps of faith and it starts to show the people around you will not understand they will not understand and in fact You shouldn't necessarily expect them to because God is leading you, especially unbelievers. Why would you expect them to understand? In fact, I don't always understand. If everything God did was understandable by me, that wouldn't be very divine, would it? And so some of these things are just things that I just have to go, God, you're asking me to do this. It doesn't make sense. The way God asked us to plant this church and to start this ministry, a lot of it didn't make sense. Very counterintuitive. And I had a lot of people around us, Lori and I, and Willie and Rachel and the team that was starting with us, they, people around us didn't get it, Some family members, friends, people who, they just looked at the kind of the way God asked us to walk by faith. Well, how are you going to get money? And God said he'd meet our needs. Well, okay, that sounds great, but, but it sounds like you're going to die. You know, you're going to starve to death. Um, but God always met our needs. And they didn't understand. And sometimes it was pretty heavy criticism. Well, you guys just don't want to work. You don't want to do a real job. So so you're just doing this quote walk of faith. That's hard when it's people you know and you care about. I had one very good friend, good friend of mine, who we had a long conversation about this, and he just didn't get it. Um, and I was telling him how God had met our needs and how we had a car to drive. It was a, you know, kind of crappy old car, but it was good, you know, it was a car. Um, <clears throat> we had food to eat, we had a roof over our heads, we didn't go, we didn't lack for anything. He said, yeah, but, he said, you can't just take your family skiing if you want to go skiing. You know, if you just want to go on a ski trip, you, I, he says, I'm going skiing this this uh, this winter. You can't do that. And, and he said, you can't plan and do things like that. And, and I made a statement to him, and I just off the top of my head, I said, you know, if God needs me to go skiing, he can, he can send me on a ski trip. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I promise you, this was in fall of the year. This was fall, maybe November, early December. Youth for Christ, I was connected with Youth for Christ at the time, and Al Denson, who was a kind of Christian artist and worship leader, was supposed to lead worship at a a winter event uh, for Youth for Christ. And he had a plane accident. Thankfully, he didn't die, but he was pretty seriously injured, and he wasn't able to do it. And they called me, and it was in Vail, and it was a ski trip. They said... (laughs) True story, true story. They, they say, bring your wife, we'll pay for both of you guys. You ski, you have a great time, but you know, you'll be our worship leader for our evening sessions. And I said, awesome. And I called my friend up very humbly. <laughs> Guess who's going skiing? Mm. Oh yeah, I go to Vail. That's the only place I go, Vail. It's Vail for me. And he was like, oh God. And let me just tell you something. God wasn't done because He was like, "Well, okay, that could happen. Whatever. You're a musician, and it's a ski trip in Vail. That's that's awesome. Great. I promise you." Met a guy through a church relationship, a pastor friend of mine asked me to go lead worship for a for an event he was doing at a church. The youth pastor and I connected and became friends. And he said, "He said, dude, this spring I'm doing a I'm doing at spring break. I'm doing a ski trip to Winter Park." He said. I don't have a speaker or worship leader yet. He said, I just, my, my deals have fallen through. He said, Would you come and be our speaker and worship leader? Bring your family, the kids will go to ski school, whole thing. Same year. So I'm Vail in January. And you need to know, I'm not some skier, right? You know, I'm going to these great ski resorts and, you know, I'm snow plowing down the hill. This is good. This is fun. I love it. And I'm cold too. This is great, you know? But I. I called him up even more humbly than the first time. Guess who's going skiing again? <laughs> it's Winter Park this time. I don't know if I like it as much as Vail, but well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm telling you. And it's, it, that never had happened before. It hadn't happened since. I'm not some big skier. God doesn't owe me ski trips. God, I, I'm just telling you, somebody sat and said, God can't do this. You can't do this because you're following God, and God was listening. And he's not playing. People won't understand, but they don't have to. You're following him. You're following your leader, and we should be known as people who are people of faith. Our faith should have a lack of fear. You know that. Our faith should create in us being known as people of faith. A life of faith should have a lack of fear. That that what Luke wrote. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? You know. Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? Yeah. That should shape how we live. So many people, the, the, one of the greatest illnesses in our culture, cultural diseases, is fear. And faith is the opposite of fear. Christians should be some of the most confident. I'm not talking about arrogant. Humbly, soberly confident in the goodness and the grace of God. And we don't need to be afraid because he is with us. That should be an earmark of the people of God. Your reputation matters because it's how you're known. And more importantly, it's how your father is known.
1: And let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church. This series is called The Letter and if you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the River City website called reallife.org.
0: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message, So I've Heard. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Second thing, we should be known for love. We should be known for love. That's what Paul said of Philemon. He said, your love and your faith. I have to tell you, I'm going to brag a little bit here. We just hosted Leadership Summit. How many of you were at Leadership Summit this last Thursday? Yeah, people always, wasn't that awesome? It was, it was really good. Let me just say, if you missed it, you missed it. You need to sign up now. Next year, I think it's August 11th and 12th, I think. Whatever. Okay. You, whatever. Is it 12th, 13th? 11th, 12th. Okay, it's 11th, 12th. It, I'm just telling you, sign up. Okay? It is one of the coolest events, and it's right here. We are our, we, a our satellite host. You need to go. It was awesome, but let me tell you one of the most, and, and this one was really good. I had people I had people talking to me I, I mean I, I, God was talking to me through the different speakers the whole time. It was very good, uh, but one of the coolest things was those people right there, those not me. Wow that <laughs> was horrible timing I actually want to quit right now and just Now our volunteers, I have to tell you, the people in the purple shirts, I had so many people from other churches, from other churches, I had people come and say, your folks are unbelievable. Really? Yeah, you should. I mean, they said, the way your people are taking care of us, and one thing that several people said, and this was what was most interesting, several people said to me, it's just the love I feel from them. They love one another and they love us. They love serving us. I feel love that is very unusual. Had a pastor comment to one of our other folks who were serving about how just how rare this was and they'd been in churches all his life and never seen this kind of love. I have to tell you, there is an exceptional and unusual love among the people who serve at this fellowship and I am so grateful to be a part of this I'm so grateful for what the Lord is doing. And I want to say to you, that is what we should be known for. That's real life. You know, we talk about a church for real life. We talk about our our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. That's it. There was love and joy as our people served our guests. And it was just so cool. One of the coolest things about Summit, you know, because you know how it is. You can't smell the smells in your own house, right? It is what it is, right? You go in, someone else goes in, like, "Oh my gosh, what are you cooking?" <laughs> Whatever it is, kill it and get it out of here, you know, you know. <laughs> but you can't smell it because you become familiar with it. Well, even the good smells, you kind of just get used to it. And I, it's so cool for me to be able to see this fellowship through other people's eyes once in a while and have them go, "Dude, you know this is rare, right?" I've had guest speakers come and hang around and just watch, other people and go. This is unusual, the level of love and joy and just the community that you have. And I am so thankful because that's one of the things that Paul shared about Philemon's reputation. He was known for love. In River City, I just want to commend you. You're becoming known for love. We love one another. And that's what Jesus said we would not be known by. But this lawman, know you're my disciples, that you love one another. It should be the core of our reputation love for our neighbors remember the story the good samaritan it was answered to the question who is my neighbor you know i said love your neighbor as yourself well who's my neighbor jesus told the story of the good samaritan in other words someone who's not one of you who's outside of you even someone who might be despised by society that's who you love we're to be known for love for one another love for our neighbor love for the poor we should be known more for what we do than what we don't do I want to stop that ridiculous reputation. Christians are the people who don't. They don't do this. They don't do that. I want, what, what, are we, what do we do? Oh, they're those people who just love each other. Yeah, they're those people who, who really believe in God and it affects how they live and how they you know, do their life. They're those people who care for the poor. You know, That's just what they do. They just care. That's who the Christians are. They're those people who worship God because they love him so much and their life is marked by a love for God that puts him first. That's what we should be known for. Your reputation matters because it's how you're known, and more importantly, how your father's known. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. We should be known for integrity. Philemon, Paul said, you love the people, and he said you are refreshing them. In other words, what, you're, what we hear about what you say, your love, is actually happening in your deeds. That's what integrity is really. Integrity is when you're the same all the way through. It's kind of, you know, a simpler way of saying it is our walk and our talk matches. And that's one of the greatest slams against the church. Oh, it's full of hypocrites. By the way, whenever someone says that to me, I say, well, then you'll be right at home. Because we all struggle with that. We, we, we all have aspirations that are maybe higher than our ability to carry them out or our, our confidence in Christ to work them through us. Let me say it that way. But integrity is being the same all the way through. You build your reputation one act at a time. Let me tell you one of the most damaging things that can happen to a Christian leader or a Christian anywhere. But if I become known as someone who's one way up in front of everybody, but then when you meet him over here, he's totally different. Oh no, he's not the same. That's a lack of integrity. You're like, well no, that's just stage presence. Well, I, I don't think it is. I think when you're sharing the gospel, there's something where you should be who you are. And that's true for every one of us. Well, when they're at church, they're one way. But when, then when they go, over here, they're totally different. Integrity means being the same. It means we really believe this stuff. And, and, and here's the thing. It doesn't mean being perfect. It doesn't mean just because I say we're supposed to be known for love that I will never act unloving. What it means is when I act unloving, though, I recognize it and go, that was, that was wrong. I was not loving. That's what it means. It means I understand when I blew it and I didn't kind of live up to what Christ has for me and to what I've shared and what I believe and who I am. And I honestly go and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Do you know that's an act of integrity? Because, by the way, when you humble yourself and apologize to someone, they already know you screwed up, by the way. They weren't, they weren't confused. You're the one who was confused. They knew it the minute you did it. But do you know what it does for your integrity, whether it's your kids, when you go and go, yeah, um, I'm sorry, Dad, Dad didn't handle that the way Jesus would want me to handle that. I'm sorry, I I acted out of anger. I shouldn't have done that. I should have waited. You know, what I wanted you to do was correct. The way I shared that was wrong, though. You can do that. doesn't make you look weak. Actually, it causes your integrity to go up in people's eyes when you honestly say, yeah, I could have done that better. I'm sorry. And being people who do what we say. If you have a deadline and you don't meet the deadline deal with it. But better yet, meet the deadline. Plan, you know, At a certain point, if we're constantly not meeting deadlines, what it's like is, okay, the first time I think you messed up and I'm, uh, you, know, you said you're sorry and totally forgiven, no, no sweat. But when it keeps happening, it's like, okay, now you're planning on not meeting the deadline and you're banking on grace. And that's not integrity. You said you would do this, do it. We should be known as people of Integrity, because really, you build your reputation one act at a time, and integrity will build your reputation in a way that is godly. Characters like a tree and reputations like a shadow. Abraham Lincoln said this. Characters like a tree and reputations like a shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. It's almost as though Lincoln was thinking of this when he said it. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart, the core of who you are. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. See, a good reputation starts here. Ultimately, your reputation will always flow from who you are. And I want to suggest to you, the only way to really be known as a man or woman of God is to actually be a man or woman of God. If you're trying to do this in your own strength, you're trying to be that person of faith, love, and integrity, and you're just trying to be good enough, you can't do it. You don't have that kind of self-control. That's the whole point. That's why we need a Savior. I just want to take a moment, and you, you may be here, and say, man, that sounds good. Real faith and God's presence and love. And you may be saying, that sounds good, but I, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. I've never maybe made that kind of commitment. I want to say you can. You can invite him to be your Lord and Savior. It's actually fairly simple. I Notice I didn't use the word easy. But it is very simple. Scripture says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It means we fall short of God's standard of perfection. We've messed up. We've done things that we knew weren't right. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No exceptions. In the whole world, only one person walked the face of the earth who was without sin, and that was Jesus Christ. That's where the good part comes in. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You know what that means? Our sin has created an eternal death penalty. We are destined for eternal death, separation from God. That's what the scripture says. Apart from him. The wages of sin, and it is just and right. That's what the Bible says. But, to finish Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. Why Jesus? Because he had no sin of his own. And he offered his life up to pay our death penalty. Our just and right death penalty. He said, I will offer my life for them, Father. That's what he came for. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the way we appropriate that, we get real honest with God. And the Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness simply saying, Lord, I need you. Come into my life, forgive my sin. And you have to honestly want forgiveness. If you don't think you've ever sinned and you're just trying to hedge your bets, there's nothing authentic or real about that. It's pretending. But if you're honest and say, I need a Savior, I know I'm a sinner, God. I need you. Come into my life. And here's the beautiful part. He comes into your life by his Holy Spirit. Not only does he forgive the sins of the past, but he begins to lead you in a different path going forward. He leads you into abundant life. That's where the surrender comes in because I get forgiveness for the past as I surrender my life to Him and now He leads me to a different kind of future.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in a series called The Letter. But if you'd like to hear the full message and the series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But, of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road. See all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? God created you for something very special.
1: Come find out more at River City Community Church.